so sensual. So sensual. This movie made me want to go by my full name. Like, I'd be so to have more syllables mm-hmm. to say to another person. Exactly. I'm thinking about going by Philip John now. Philip John. Mm-hmm. Wow. So biblical. Do you have a middle name? Angeline. Carly Angeline. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a beautiful name. It is. <laughs> um... We're not in Northern Italy at the moment. We are in Northern California. We're in Northern California, which is kind of the same thing. We love books. Mm-hmm. And uh, drinking during the day. I do. Sure. Um, what else do we love? Smoking. Mm-hmm. And looking like uh, Joan Didion while we do. Yes. Um, uh, riding bicycles. Swimming in rivers. You bicicleta. You cannot pass without your passport. No, it always comes back to the worst episode of I Love Lucy. <laughs> you must have your passport. Ah, oh, so frustrating. Hello, welcome. To another episode of Queers in Space. The podcast dedicated to... All things queer, but all things that we love. And space. And space. Mm-hmm. The final frontier. Um, Tesla shot that car into the space. Oh, God, that asshole. He just created some space litter for all eternity, which is great. This is... I was having a conversation with my friend about this on WhatsApp. And... WhatsApp? Whoa. I know. WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was telling... This is my friend Gina. Hi, Gina. Hey, Gina. And... Um, I was saying that Elon Musk uh, shooting shooting a car into space, like shooting a luxury sports car into space, is kind of like just the like the like a music producer like coked out, yeah, like just cranking his music up in his house all the way and making his guests listen to it, yeah, and then just like throwing guitars in his pool, yeah, like that's what it felt like to exactly, me, but like cranked up to eleven, yeah, like that's the same kind of like way too much money dude bullshit, oh yeah, He's like sending that into space cool. it's just look at my dick, look at my dick, yeah, like I don't know how many people on the streets of San Francisco died of exposure this past week, but right like. Fuck this guy. Exactly. Yeah. Shit. Um, That's not what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about the highly regarded <laughs> uh, kind of sleeper hit of the season. Uh, the, the very sensual... Call me by your name. Starring Timothy... Charlemagne, Charlemagne, <laughs> starring Timothy Champagne, Tim- Timothy Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet, and Army Hammer, Army, who is famous for uh, being beautiful but not really having any super huge movies yet. He was in the Lone Ranger, and that did not do well. No, that sank. Um, like the freaking Titanic. Yeah, that sun sinking. I think he's ship. most famous for playing the Winklevoss twins in the Social Network. Oh, is that the same guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they look the same. Yeah. See? As twins tend to do. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like, I think it's so interesting to me 
he's so I, I, I recognize that he's an attractive person but sure. he's so like conventionally attractive that I might not might not go for it um, I have to say yeah, yeah but also he's not like super gorgeous to me I mean he's hot of course yeah but to me I feel the same way he's not like damn. I want someone. I, we shouldn't be evaluating these people. Sure. Their physical appearance. It's uh, who silly. would do that with celebrities? No one. No one. Oh my god. Um, but because we already are, um, <laughs> want someone a little more fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm more attracted to the like, uh, like uh, the Orlando Blooms. Oh girl, we're gonna start. <laughs> Orlando Bloom. Oh my god. I had the biggest crush on Orlando Bloom when I was like 14 years old. When his nudes leaked with Katy Perry, it was just Christmas morning. Girl. Uncircumcised. Uninhibited. Right? I'm into it. I mean, the orgasm hurled around the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I... I don't know where I, I I'm at this point in my life where I'm questioning when am I going to stop being attracted to skaters? Oh, never. When is that gonna happen? Because they're hot and they're dumb. It's fucking ridiculous. And they wear baggy clothes. When is it gonna happen for me that I'm gonna stop being I'm like ugh, I just wanna be at that point. When you find the skater that loves you for you and once listen to Avril Lavigne and wear your checkered vans and just take you into the Santa Monica sunset. Oh man, the more you describe it, the more disgusting it is. <laughs> just want like skater dad. Yeah, right? Just some skater dad. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know, or some like real butched out dyke that also skates. Yeah, and has like a loft in Venice Beach. Oh, yes, that's the life I want. Right? Mm. It's the life I want for you. <laughs> <Coming> <laughs> The life I really want, though, is the one that happens in this movie. So let's describe what this movie is about, the oh, premise yeah, of this we, film. Oh, yeah, we do that. Um, there's a, a literarily upper-crust family-ish, mm -hmm. an educated family, mm -hmm. that is um, at their, their familial home. We find that the mother inherited the villa mm -hmm. um, over the summer in northern... Italy. I keep yes. wanting to say Northern Ireland, Ireland, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, that's another dimension. That's another dimension. Mm -hmm. That's a very different issue. Mm -hmm. um, and it is the tradition that every year the father, the patriarch of this family, um, who is a professor of archaeology? They never quite get into it, but something along those lines. Invites one of his graduate students to the villa to do research eat boiled eggs, and fuck his son. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought you were going to say fuck up the boiled egg thing because he just does a piss poor job. He really does. Americans. Opening, I know. Just like the American brutishness of yeah. all of it is so funny. And what happens, as I just mentioned, is that uh, his name in the movie is... Elio? Oliver? Oliver, mm -hmm. duh. He and... His employer's son, Elio, mm -hmm. begin a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. Which is stunningly beautiful. And I'm so surprised by. And maybe we will get into this. So I read this book. It's based on a, a novel by Andre Asman. 
I read this book like six years ago, mm-hmm. so I don't like I don't quite remember. And when I and before I read the or before I, I saw this movie, in my memory of the book, what I took away was what I what I remember and what I think about when I think of it is really like the atmospheric kind of feel of it. Yes, this very balmy like ten, like sexual tension and just like so much about like the place and like the time and this feeling of first love and the the heat of it and uh that's really like what i remember from the book and so so to make a comparison or to say like oh this is what happened in the movie versus what happened in the book um i don't have that at the ready. And I will tell you, I did not read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not going to be a, well, the book was better. And, you know, in the book, they did this type of podcast. Yeah. And and I don't even care because the movie was so good. Yeah. I don't care. And I think, I mean, I think there's a reason that it's up for an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, it's really a beautiful movie on its own. And I think that you can also, like, evaluate... Um, source material and film separately as two separate things. They're two oh, separate for sure. things. Absolutely. You don't need to make the comparison between them, especially with this, especially with something as like successful as this. Yeah. It's a very good adaptation. Um, and what you described about your feeling of the book, mm-hmm. I think really matches the director, Luca, Luca Guadagnino. I'm not sure, but I believe um, it really matches his aesthetic because mm-hmm. um, one of his previous movies called I Am Love, Mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite films of all time. Oh, wow. Um, I loved it before we realized Tilda Swinton was problematic. <laughs> but it it is the same type of like gauzy, overly considered simplicity of Italian bucolic. Mm. And that movie is about a very rich family who lives in a very beautiful house in the middle of Milan, mm-hmm. and the matriarch of that family falls in love with her son's friend. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. In fact, their relationship ends up starting in San Remo, which is in the northern part of Italy. Did he just make the same movie twice? <laughs> and, and it has many of the same attributes. You know, troubled love, a house-proud family... Mm-hmm. Nature being a big part of the love story dynamic mm. and people of of very prominent means mm. sort of wondering what their space is. Yeah. So when I heard that they, that this director was making the film, I was like, oh, that's right up dude's alley. <laughs> and when I saw the movie, it, it, it exceeded my, my uh, expectations about that. I was so, I was so pleasantly surprised, and I had heard that it was good from from my friends that had seen it already, um, and I'm just so glad I got to. It just made me. I haven't watched a movie that I've enjoyed so much in a, in a long time. Yeah, and it made me like truly. I made a note while I was watching it. I was like, "Wow, this really reminds me why I like movies so much." Yeah, like that's how I felt. I was like, "Fuck, movies are good sometimes." <laughs> Because it was one, of the, it was a movie where like, it wasn't about the action or the jokes that were coming. It was just about like human emotions and experiences and relationships. And just like the attention, because you have so much open space. Yeah. Um, and 
just the attention to detail and because it's like so interpersonal the attention to detail that each person like brought to their performance mm -hmm. especially timothy chalamet because he's the one that we spend the most time with stunning just like so stunning like i in the in the very beginning of the film when uh elio comes downstairs to say uh, he hasn't even like met Oliver yet. It's like the moment right before he does, right before he's like, oh, can I take your bags or, or whatever. He comes down and like says hello to his mom. And just like the way, just the natural way that they interact, mm -hmm. he like puts an arm around her and like gives her a kiss. It just, it so reminded me of like, it just seemed real. It just seemed like a real natural interaction to me. And I saw totally. that throughout the film too, but, um, and especially like the relationship that Elio has with his parents is like, yes, above and beyond. <laughs> and to that end, he's been nominated for a best, best actor. Good for Oscar. him. Mm -hmm. Good for him. Um, and he could win. He could. And I'd be, and I'd be so into that. Was, um, what's his butt nominated to? No. That's fine. He didn't need to be. I was yeah, just curious. Yeah, he didn't need to be either. No, it's fine. Because um, I thought that Army Hammer did a great job. I thought he was really great, but it's really Elio's movie. Oh, I mean, God. 100%. Oh, God. Yeah. It's just, I'm so impressed with that actor. I'm so impressed with him. Timothy Champagne. Timothy Champagne. Timothy Chalamet. I shouldn't be making fun of his name. But, but um, um, very European. So European, and I would, <laughs> I would love to sort of know like what his providence is. Providence, providence. What's the word? I'm not sure what you're trying to say. Like where he was born, where he comes from. Oh, I know he's a, a French American actor. Oh, may we? So, yeah. may we? Yeah. Um, you had mentioned language earlier, and this is something that is very interesting in the other movie that I was talking about. I am love is oh, because yeah. Tilda Swinton plays a Russian woman. Oh, who married an Italian man? Mm. So. In the universe of that movie, I'm sorry, Kara's doing something with their fingers right now. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just wrapping the drawstring of my sweatshirt around my fingers. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, what? Sorry, it was a little scene steely. Tilda Swinton, the character, plays only speaks two languages: mm -hmm. Russian and Italian. Yeah. And Tilda Swinton speaks fluent Italian, but doesn't speak fluent Russian. Mm. Um, and there's a moment in the movie where she has to sort of pretend that she doesn't speak English because someone is speaking English to her. Oh, yeah. Um, but she obviously does because she's British. Anyway, that's one of the things that I love about this movie, too, is that there's... It's so un-American, this movie, in many ways. Tell me about it, stud. Like, in the way that... <laughs> in the way that all these people interact in three languages almost seamlessly it's incredible and it's um i <laughs> the note that i made that i shared with you earlier philip was that um i said there is so much i'm missing out on in the world by only speaking one language right and that just comes from just like such a like american just such a u.s like positionality yeah that is so silly to me so i mean i i do speak sign language but that's very different is that and it's it's very different and it's not something that i can like go another place in the world sure and speak and have it be as, as fluid right um but this household that the 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 
identities that they have in this household are um, they're American, French, uh, and Italian, mm-hmm. and they're also Jewish. And so they have at least three languages that they speak, and it's all oh god, it's just so incredible. And like, this is not uncommon in Europe. Like, this exactly. is not uncommon. It's not uncommon in the U.S. There are plenty of people that just go very fluidly between languages mm-hmm. um, in their household. But um, I think primarily like Spanish and um, and I I kind of am able to do that mm-hmm. with Spanish in my household. Yeah. Um, but just the way that you know, there's always a wisdom of a language. There's the acquiring of a language, yeah. and and you know, in this film, they're really able to in with every word be everything that the French connotation of that word is yeah. and everything that the Italian connotation of that word is also, yeah. you know, which is so, um, it, it's so for lack of a better word, continental. It's so <laughs> continental. You know, they have the access to everything, to every emotion. The, it's so beautiful, and it made me feel like such a fucking idiot. Because <laughs> I'm just like, how much time have I wasted yeah. watching, you know, I don't know, like another... Do I need to see that episode of 30 Rock again? You know, like, yeah. how much time have I wasted when I could be doing this other thing? <laughs> um, and also, it sort of made me feel like an idiot, because I'm like, God, I sure don't read enough. Yeah, I yeah. don't. And I, like, that's what I do for a living right and i still don't read enough and you know in context this is at the beginning of the 80s mm-hmm. there's no smartphones there's no internet yeah so that is what people did mm-hmm. and they don't have cable and out just, there like, a long summer a long summer where they just read go swimming transpose music mm-hmm. and hang out and fuck hot american dudes <sighs> The internet just ruined my life. I'm going to blame it on the internet. I'm blaming it on the internet, too. Oh, when I think about what I could have accomplished had there not been the internet. And sure, it's a great tool of connection and technology. Sure. But also, (laughs) how much Habo Hotel did I play that I could have been learning something else? Oh, come on. And And you know what? It made me... It really showed me and reminded me like in my summers pre-internet that I did do all of those things. Yeah, exactly. Like we that's did. what I spent my summers yeah, doing. Yeah, we read and hung out and yeah. wrote. And... Yeah, and that's like all I did and I remember just like kind of the joy coming from that. And also, you know, time is just, it seems so much longer when you're of course, a kid and of course. an adolescent. So. And we were not 17 year olds in 81. No. You know, no. things would have been very different then. I would probably not be alive. That's fair to say. You know? Yeah. Um, But back to the house for a second. Oh, yeah, let's go there. Another un-American thing about this house that I love is that there are no screens on the doors. The paint isn't, like, perfect. Like, they leave, like, the, the chipping paint on the walls... It looks like it could get a little creaky inside that house. Mm-hmm. But they don't really care. They just mm-hmm. live in it, mm-hmm. which I really love. Mm-hmm. And the way they shot this house, mm-hmm. just with, like... There's always these sort of lingering shots on, like, tables with books just stacked on them. And paintings and portraits and pictures and these long-shadowed hallways. And... It just feels European. 
Yeah, that house I'm sure is 100 years old. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 100 years old. Mm -hmm. And they don't have the urgency that we would be like, oh, we got to get a fresh paint on this house now. Mm-hmm. We got to get screens on those those windows now. Oh, never a screen. Never a screen, right? There are so many flies in this movie, too. A lot of flies. Yeah. A lot of flies. Yeah. I always think, and I, maybe this is kind of silly, I'm like, did they train those flies? Yeah, or they probably those, did. <laughs> or are they like um, CGI flies? Or they could have just been flies around. There could have been flies, but they seem so purposeful. True. Yeah. Like, oh, I hadn't even considered that. Because we'll get to the end. Let's not jump the boom boom gun here. Let's not jump because, the boom boom gun. Because there's a fly. There, there are flies everywhere. Yeah. But it's because everything's so sticky. <laughs> what do you think it is about Timothy Chalamet that is so endearing? Oh, I don't know if I could pinpoint it. I'm not sure. Um, I, I. Th- this is one of the things we can talk about it now. Sure, let's we talk can about talk it. About it now. Let's. Say we're here. Um. I was very, cons- especially because of like our our moment in in our historical moment, our moment in pop culture right now, where the awareness of like power dynamics and. Um, sex and power and sexual assault are like so like blazing white hot. They're like very much on our minds and they should always be on our minds. But yeah. like this moment in particular is is having a moment as it were. And so I was like, why is this conversation not carrying over to like relations between younger and older men? Mm-hmm. And watching the movie now I, can, I think I really understand why. Mm. And um it wasn't really a concern, and I think I think it's also. I'll, I'll tread lightly here, or I'll be cautious here, in saying that, um, uh, eight, eighteen, like age of consent, um, at the age of eighteen, in the U.S. is an arbitrary number, um, and that being seventeen and in Europe and like having a very different kind of um, lifestyle and understanding of like adulthood and adolescence. Um, the age of consent in Italy is 14. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm, and I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised by that. Um, it's, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means and I don't know what the implications are of that. And I think that's a whole different podcast. In Italy, it jumps to 16. This is interesting. In Italy, it jumps to 16 if the participants has some kind of influence on the other, a teacher, a tutor, or an adoptive parent. Oh. Not knowing that victim is underage is not a legal defense except when it was an unavoidable ignorance. I don't know what that means. Me either. Anyway, um, this gets this gets complicated. It's murky. It gets murky. Yeah, very. And and I think that's I think that complication is okay. And I think it's something that we should talk about. Um, but I think that in this case, it didn't. In in watching this film, it didn't seem like there was someone being taken advantage of. For sure, and I think this might even speak to our earlier part of this conversation about non-Americanism. Yeah. 
You know, that it's a very American thing Mm -hmm. to claim that a 17-year-old who is in a consensual relationship is being preyed upon. Yeah. And and I think that's always something to, to consider because, you know, when I was 17, also Army Hammer is supposed to be, I think, like 20. I don't know if they ever say his age. I think, he's, I think supposed he's supposed to be 24. He's supposed to be 24. Yeah. He looks 40 years old. Yeah, he definitely does. Um, he definitely, he does. definitely looks 40 years old. Hot 40, you know. I mean, hella but hot 40. Like, uh, 40's very hot. Um, and I just don't. I don't, when I was 17, I would have very easily been like, yeah, 24-year-old, sign me up. Um, but I then as a 24-year-old, I'd be like, I don't, I wouldn't date a 17-year-old. Um, and of course, it like depends on the person. But I, I don't. It's. And I think that is an Americanism because yeah. we're all socialized in like this similar way. Um and, and, you know, um, Elio here is like, he's a, I don't want to use the word mature, but he's a very, um, intelligent young person. Introspective. And introspective. And, um, sure he's figuring himself out. He's a young person, but I don't think that it's, um, I, I think also that, um, Oliver as like a lover is the kindest and most considerate and like non- um, uh, he's, uh, not taking advantage of him. And I, I think it's like a really beautiful relationship. And again, to tread lightly upon yeah. the subject, I have always seen the benefit of, especially for young gay teens mm-hmm. who don't have the space to explore sexually mm-hmm. that straight teens do. Yeah. The social structure the actual physical structure of having someone to experiment with, I do see the benefit of having someone possibly older guide you through your first sexual experiences Mm -hmm. of the same sex. Yeah. You know, I've always thought that that was something that was, you know, not necessary, but young gay people could benefit from. And I think that Elio did. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think this is a great example of that. And I think this is like actually like a really beautiful love story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, God, it's just like so hot. Like everything about it is like so hot because it's like, because it's sensual and because it's consensual. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like Oliver asks if he can like kiss Elio mm-hmm. and it's like so fucking hot. It's so hot. And um just like everything like their whole interaction just like everything is like amazing. And you know, we had talked about the house before and part of the hotness is the arrangement of their rooms. Oh girl. Just the fact that like Elio can't leave his part his little chamber of the room without going through army hammers mm-hmm. part of the room mm-hmm. and they share a bathroom mm-hmm. and there's a moment where elio like leaves the door open so he can hear army hammer pee mm-hmm. and like they catch each other like pulling their shorts up and there's just this sexual tension that builds because this house this beautiful sprawling villa mm-hmm. has sort of put them together yeah. you know and it makes me wonder if the parents put them together in a strange way. 
I, I don't know if the arrangement of the rooms was meant to put them together, but I think this is also what I love, and this is what also give, gives me kind of like, um, kind of affirms my opinion of their relationship is that his parents were like shipping them so hard. Yeah. Is that they were like, Oliver is a good dude. He likes Elio and he treats him well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Elio, we think Elio like kind of has the same feelings. And if he's going to have a relationship with someone, with anyone, it's Oliver. Like, we choose him. And let's have it in our home. Yeah, yeah. Where and he's safe. They're there, they're safe. They send them on vacation, you know, knowing that, like, they're going to fuck and... France and Switzerland, right? I'm not sure where they went. Okay. I don't recall. Um, but just... They they know and it's the sweetest thing and they're like very they're protective of him and they're like open about they're open about like sex and everything too also in a very like what we might identify as like non American way and um, just the they really acknowledge that like whatever the relationship was that there was like love there mm-hmm. and that it was special and beautiful yeah. And we'll get to the to the end when we get to the end. But, but you know, speaking of the parents, this is what was mm-hmm. painful about this movie for me is when I was 17, I was not allowed to explore this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I when I was 17, I met an older gay person who was only 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had never known another gay man. I'd never been attracted to a gay man that I knew personally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I met someone who, you know, had been who had graduated from my high school, had, we had similar friends in common, grew up in the same city I did in Glendale, California. And my parents adamantly said, no, I could not be friends with this person. I could not have any contact with this person at all. And it has been one of the most difficult, maybe the most difficult, and not the most difficult, but like one of the top five most difficult things that has shaped my warped awareness of relationships Mm -hmm. and men um, and sex mm-hmm. and secrecy. Um, and, you know, throughout this movie, I just kept thinking to myself, I wish I had had this movie in 1998. I wish this movie existed in 1998 mm-hmm. so I could show my parents that it's okay. It's okay to let your son really explore what their sexuality is, mm-hmm. you know, and to see it happen now. Yeah especially since I knew I was right then um, really means a lot to, to me to sort of see that, you know, this is how far we've come. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's still a complicated issue with my parents mm-hmm. um, because they have apologized for the last 18 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they still know that it has effect on me mm-hmm. um, and that I'm still angry about it. Yeah. You know, so seeing these parents with their, you know, extreme intellect and their super style and their cool the mom's cigarettes and her hair and her like snug denim skirts and you know her attitude towards the world and the dad being just so generous with everything and his emotions and it's just such a treat for the mind and heart yeah you know and just also 
their relationship with Elio is also just so cool. Like, there's that moment where he gets his nosebleed. Yeah. And the mother's like, oh, it happens all the time. Don't worry yeah. about him. Like he's fine. He's fine. Don't worry about it. Speaking of which, when Oliver goes after him after that, <sighs> and he starts rubbing with his, his feet. feet. Oh, my God. That was almost more sensual to me than the sex scene. Because I was like, Damn. Well, the other part that I thought was before they had, like, any physical contact, you know, the other part that I thought was, like, oh, oh, we're dialing this tension up right now, <laughs> is they go into town, and um, Oliver goes in, he buys a, a pack of cigarettes, and he gives one to Elio, he lights his cigarette, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then they're walking around this, like, World War One memorial, and, like, the way they're they're positioned in the in the round of this of this monument yeah. and they're walking around this space and Elio's just kind of saying like, Oh, I have these, you know, questions or I have these, these I'm not perfect. Like I, I, I don't know a lot about, um, the important things in, in life. And Oliver is just like, what are you saying to me? Like, what, like, uh, what are we talking about here? And they both know that they're talking about, banging and it's like oh it's just and that's when that's when they really first Mm -hmm. start to acknowledge that this is happening yeah in like the most subtlest of terms because oliver's like we well we can't talk about that Mm -hmm. we just can't Mm -hmm. you know oh my gosh so much tension um but yeah him like rubbing his feet oh my god and also that moment where Elio like puts his swimming trunks over his head, <gasps> puts all of her swimming tr- and just like smells the inside of his swimming He's trunks. Just like stirring and bucking and is it's just so like, hot. oh my god! <laughs> I have a bu- that's my note here is uh, when he puts the swimming trunks on his head. Oh girl! All caps. <laughs> that's right. Oh man, it's so good. Um, I what else did I find then? definitely the feet thing well is it time to talk about the peach i mean because that's that's sensual i really love your peaches when i shake your tree (laughs) millions of peaches um peaches for me there's there's so many um one they have this orchard in this movie where they have apricots and cherries and peaches and i'm like fuck i want all of those things right now right it's so romantic oh they just like may have fresh apricot juice every morning and Mm -hmm. i'm like god and then oliver like just swallows it down with his like brusque americanness later yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. and there's something that like is a little maddening about that but then there's also something like to them that's like exotic and foreign and like and intriguing i love i love the exoticizing of the american man yeah which Mm -hmm. is so funny to me because i'm just like oh you brute like stop it yeah (laughs) exactly you're ruining this be gentle with that boiled egg um but but um yeah peaches peaches what else is in the peaches peaches (laughs) i'm trying to remember if i've masturbated with a peach i feel like i tried it once okay Maybe I didn't. I feel like, would you remember? I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't think I have. But I also have a vague memory of maybe trying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Apple pie, maybe? No, never apple pie. I would oh. never ruin an apple pie with my wiener. <laughs> um. Um, I th- well, I've never masturbated with a peach. Not yet. Not um, yet, anyway. But, um... 
Matt and I were having this discussion yesterday about, um, like, man, when you have external genitalia, you can just, like, do what, I, like, it's so much easier to just, like, masturbate with whatever. And um, then we were like, see? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, look at this peach. Exactly. And um, him, like, uh, so Oliver then, like, taking the peach. That was, like... Oh my god. Oh my, can, did we even describe this scene at all? So what happens is that Elio goes to one of his many reading nooks and crannies. Oh my god, this fucking estate. One of the many places he can go and escape yeah. and just read and hang out and fuck peaches. Um, he brings one of the peaches from his from his family's orchard. Mm -hmm. um, and it's soft and delicious and he decides to have sex with it. Yeah. And he ejaculates inside the peach. Yes. Side note, I don't know if you knew this, but... Timothy Chalamet, the director, and Army Hammer have all admitted to trying it. Yes! <laughs> Bless them. And they kept it in the movie because they all decided that it works. I think it's in the book. It's in the book, It's too. in the book, yeah. and, um, yeah. Sorry, and this is after um, Oliver and Elio have sexualized their relationship, mm -hmm. and Oliver sort of realizes, he comes and visits him in this little shed mm -hmm. and he realizes what elio has done to this peach and he sort of mock almost eats the peach mm -hmm. and like caresses it with his tongue a little bit and it drives elio crazy like stop you can't do that you can't do that but also you really want him to yeah I, and it's ridiculously hot it's so hot um it's so dirty and sticky um <laughs> but um yeah, there's this moment, too, because Elio's, like, embarrassed yeah. by it, you know, and so he's, like, there. there's, um, you know, the throes of adolescence that he's going through is just, like, so much, and that's why, in that in that moment, too, when Oliver's kind of, like, teasing him, and he's, like, I'm gonna eat this peach, I'm gonna eat your cum out of this peach, mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, Elio is like he's like trying to stop him and they're like they have this also kind of like boys play like uh, yeah grab ass yeah thing. yeah whatever kind of thing that they do and Oliver is like kind of teasing him and he's like well stop it like don't fight it you know and um and then Elio kind of like breaks down and like starts crying like yeah. into him and he immediately just turns so tender and so nurturing and like holds him yeah. and is just like it's so sweet he's like the best lover <laughs> he's like the lover we all want and need i know everyone needs that everyone right? needs that yeah fucking army hammer just arm and hammer arm and hammer that's his name is arm and hammer like his his full name and just like man your parents what Unless he's the heir to the Arm and Hammer fortune. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Um, but yeah, that moment is just like wonderful. How do we feel about Mafalda? Oh, um, I haven't thought too much about Mafalda. Me either. I thought she was funny. Yeah, yeah. She was cool. Yeah. She was cool. She's cool. It's um, interesting. I mean, she seems like part of the family, but she's also like she works for them. And I just That's... thought it was so funny that moment when she's the one who's more concerned about Elio going out. Yeah, yeah. At night right. than his mom is. I thought yeah. that was so, like, Italian and yeah, hilarious. Yeah, It was pretty good. Um, what else happens in this thing? Well, to, to go back to 
our main actors. Do we want to shift gears to talking about our thoughts on straight people playing gay characters? Sure. Um, this is something that it, I bring in this annoyance to every movie mm-hmm. in which a straight actor is playing a gay character. Yeah. Um, this it sort of dissipated pretty soon for me in this, mm-hmm. but even... Even until like that World War One memorial, I was like, "Oh, these are just two straight dudes pretending to be gay dudes," mm-hmm. and I'm not sure how much I should be thinking that. I want well. I want a fluid future. Yes. I want everyone to be attracted to whoever and like fucking everybody. Yeah. And um, that's what I want. That's not the future we live in. Mm-hmm. I think there are plenty of gay actors who could play this. But also, like, are these characters gay? I mean, no. Like, yeah. You know, like, um, uh, Elio, while he's having this, this tryst with Oliver, he's also having one with a, with a girl who lives in town. I mean, I will say that that is far less um impactful on his life seemingly oh. from the oh, narrative completely completely but you know he's like at this age where he's like exploring sexually in like so many ways sure and so that's happening uh because he has a deep connection with oliver yeah like they have something a little more um under the surface yes and then he's <laughs> and um his relationship with uh marcia is you know, like very adolescent. So I'm not your girl. Oh, girl, no. Sorry, you're not my girl. Army's my girl. <laughs> Army girl, soldiers girl. Um, <laughs> and um, so he, so that's happening. And then later we find out that Oliver goes back to the states, presumably. And by the end of that year, this is the summer, by the end of that year, in December, he's engaged to be married. And I think that telephone call even mentions that he had been with this person. Yeah, he had to have been, right? Before he even came to mm-hmm. Italy. Yeah. Um, I will say that they're in a gay relationship in this movie. Certainly. And... Well, Philip. No. <laughs> <laughs> and... I think what I'm trying to say is that this, the discourse of the press around this movie and what, and what people say in the making of films and the publicity for this movie, the question is always, well, how do you feel as a straight man doing sex scenes with another man? Yeah. You know? And that's, to me, is so annoying because it's not what the story's about. Yeah. You know, it's coming of age, it's family, Mm -hmm. it's emotional connection. Yeah. Um, and it's not as bad as when Jake Gyllenhaal was talking about how difficult it was and what, um, you know, a heroic feat it was for Mm -hmm. him to do Brokeback Mountain. But I mean, God bless you, Jake Gyllenhaal. Thank you so much for going outside of yourself. You poor bastard. You had to like have sex with Heath Ledger. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it was still also like, you know, there's been interviews where like, yep, it was pretty crazy, you know, trying to figure that out and... Blah, blah, blah. Well, I was, like, so fucking convinced. Yeah. I was, like, that was hot. Well, I remember reading that they had already, Army Hammer and Timothy, 
didn't meet until they got to Italy. Okay. And Timothy and Luca, the director, were already in Italy, and Tim and um, Army joined them there, mm. sort of modeling what the movie is like. Oh wow! Um, and they met, um, and Luca drove them out to a field where they started making out. Oh. Timothy and Army. Okay, I've been there. And like they started like wrestling in the field, mm-hmm. in this like Italian field, right? And they kept doing it and doing it and then at some point realized that Luca had left and they had been doing it for like a half hour oh, on their girl. own. Yes. Ooh. And so when that happened, they all realized that the chemistry was there and it was gonna be great. Good. Awesome. Um and Timothy has made it public and has uh like publicly like thanked Army Hammer's wife for letting him like make out with him and just like be with him for like three months. I've done the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm just gonna throw out, you know, a quick uh, just a quick um you know a shout out for representation and I'd love to see gay people be in gay relationships on the television yes. and the movie screen. Yes, yes. And and I'm hearing what you're saying. Yes. And that shit bothers me too. Of that course. really bothers me because there are so many gay actors like out there sure. that could do this. Of course, of course. And so like have that but maybe what necessitated this movie was having them not be like not be people that would necessarily like consider themselves gay exactly very true like have very true interaction i'm not sure and then in In this particular instance and for me for this particular instance then i would love to have seen someone more defined as fluid yeah i i mean i don't know timothy hammer but timothy chalamet maybe he might be very fluid Mm. and i i'd like to sop him up with a biscuit. With a biscuit. <laughs> With peach, maybe. Um, Jesus is a biscuit. Let him stop you up. up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see that. I would love to. The, I mean, also, um, I think, unless I'm thinking of a different actor. Timothy Chalamet, too, um, he was just in um, a Woody Allen movie recently. He shot a movie with Woody Allen. Yes. And what he did, like, as, um, you know, he's young. He's he's fairly young. I don't know. He's younger than I am. He's, like, five years younger than I am, which is not, you know, saying too much. But um, he uh, didn't realize, like, the how much of a monster Woody Allen was. And... Um, so he took his earnings like from that film and donated them. Are you on the hunt? He wrote, I've been asked in a few recent interviews about my decision to work on a film with Woody Allen last summer. Mm-hmm. I am not able to answer the question directly because of contractual obligations, but what can I, I can say is this. I don't want to profit from my work on the film, and to that end, I'm going to donate my entire salary to three charities, Time's Up, the LGBT Center in New York, and Rain, which is pretty cool. Um, I want to be worthy of standing shoulder to shoulder with the brave artists who are fighting for all people to be treated with respect and the dignity they deserve. Um, He said, I have chosen at this point, I have to this point chosen products, projects from the perspective of a young actor trying to walk in the footsteps of more seasoned actors I admire. Mm. But I am learning that a good role isn't the only criteria for accepting a job. Mm. That has become much clearer to me in the past few months, having witnessed the birth of a powerful movement intent on ending injustice, inequality, and above all silence. 
See, I think that that's what you do. Yeah. I think that that, and you know, like, you can donate your money, do whatever, like, that's what he's knows how to do, and he's learning, and he's a young person. Sure. And there are people so much older than him that have not done half of that. So, bless him. He could get it. Oh, five times. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, he could get it. I think, too, you're just speaking of representation, but I read the, I read this book, um, in a class called Gay Male Writers. And Andre Asaman is not a gay man. I was wondering if that was going to come up. And um, so I think that's interesting that he wrote a book that's like hella gay. Mm -hmm. And he is not gay himself. Yeah. He also has a cameo in this movie. Um, he's one half of the Sonny and Cher oh, really? couple that comes to visit. He's oh my the, gosh. He's the shorter of the two with the more lilac. Um, I did not realize so, that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, my goodness. A friend of mine pointed that out to me. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. So he has a little cameo. Yeah. He's the little short bald one. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember really enjoying this book and I... Um, I don't know. I think that's definitely a worthy conversation to have, but um, and it's definitely a conversation that I had when I read it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. He's also, you know, like on a book tour right now, talking yeah. about a ten-year-old book, and so right. <laughs> and also, you know, I was just gonna say about how I forgot what I was gonna say. Never mm. mind. <laughs> So gonna be oh, I wanted to say too, just shifting gears a little bit. Yeah. Unless there's unless there's more you wanted to say specifically about this, um, the use of music in this film. Oh yeah. Um, because there's so much classical piano, mm -hmm. and that sort of punctuates so much of the movie, but you also get the, you know, the the Euro '80s classics um, that come through from '81. <laughs> And, but for Elio's, like, introspective moments, mm -hmm. you get these, like, three very beautiful songs. Like, what's that dude's name? So John Stevens. Yes, mm -hmm. John Stevens. Um, and they come out of nowhere so much, and they're just so beautiful. I had never heard of this artist before this movie. Mm -hmm. Had you heard of this artist before this movie? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that, because mm -hmm. he's just so cool. I mean, <laughs> come on, right? Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really the music does a really good job, and especially because it's like kind of a part of Elio and like part of his character. Yeah, um, his Walkman. His Walkman. Oh my god! I, you know what's so funny? I was just thinking the other day. I'm like, I'm so glad that we don't have to have those headphones anymore. Oh, right. I'm those so glad. Fuzzy ones. I was thinking too. I, I one of my one of the moments that I noticed where the the kind of power dynamic between or like the interaction between Elio and Oliver shifts. Elio's like, I, th I think that, you know, part of his kind of uh, distance from Oliver at the beginning of the film is like, it is shying away from something that he like may enjoy and like doesn't know how to handle. But then they, there's a lot that I could, I would totally find like not appealing. Oh yeah, You know, sure. like everyone's giving him attention. Uh, everyone's giving Oliver attention, that is. Everyone's talking about how handsome he is. And and like you say, he's a, like an American brute. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, God, he's so rude. Like, don't you think it's rude when he says later? And and I think Timothy, I think Elio, excuse yeah. me, is sort of like, 
one of the things I love about Elio is that he understands how cool the whole situation is. Mm. Like he, he really is able to enjoy his position in life. He's not really bothered by it. He's like, yeah, this is what we do. This is our life, and we're yeah. awesome. Yeah, totally. He's not like he says. Like one thing we do is like wait for the summer to end, but that's like such an adolescent yeah, kind of like right. whatever you know. Um, but he really does like have this great life, and he does. He says that at some point when he's like laying with Oliver in that field, like before they kiss for the first time. Yeah, he's like, I love this, and he's like, What do you love? And he's like, Everything, and um, it's just like the whole of like summer and just like, moment, right? Oh, I know, so hot. And, um, but they're, so we're kind of, and then we're drawn back to this moment later when they're talking after they've finally like kind of consummated this relationship, um, that when they're like playing volleyball and Oliver comes up and like starts rubbing Elio's shoulder and he's just like, Ooh, you're so tense. You got to relax more like blah, blah, blah. And Elio like really shrugs him off because dude, the way he does it is like, I would, you know, it seems like patronizing. Like yeah. I would, if I were Elio, I would have taken that as like patronizing, like older dude, like brother, just yeah. kind of being like, "Hey, man, like, oh, relax, like, blah, blah, blah." The worst. And he's just like, "Fucking get off of me, dude! Like, why are you bothering me?" Right. And so he like does that, but then that's like Oliver sells him later. He's like, "I was just trying to like touch you and like get your attention. Like, I liked you." That was like me trying yeah. to let you know, bro. Yeah, yeah, and it just like doesn't come across that way. And so, um, I I think like that when Oliver's actions that seemed like kind of patronizing at the beginning, when that shifts is when Elio is like, he's playing Bach on the guitar. And Oliver's also, he's kind of a man spreader. Like yeah. he's kind of just like, Oliver's just kind of like, oh, do that thing for me. Uh, yeah. And um, Elio's not into that. <laughs> and so he's like playing Bach on the guitar. And he's like, oh, can you play that again? He's just like laying in the sun. He's like, can you play that song for me again? And he's like, oh, follow me into the other room and I'll play it for you. And he keeps like fucking with him and like mm-hmm. playing it on the piano. And he's like, oh, if you're not going to play it like the way I want, then like I'm just going to leave. And so the power like totally changes yeah. in like that moment because Elio's like, no, we're going to play it this way. Mm-hmm. And then they're like kind of on equal footing. Yeah. And, um, it's it's like they're, they're figuring out like how to talk to one another and, like and how to flirt with one another. It's so wonderful to sort of be for like Elio to gain that by doing what he does best, mm-hmm. which is play the music. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I also love the um, the gifting of that shirt. Oh, oh. And he wears it like the rest of the movie. He mm. wears that shirt. Everything's just so romantic. And um, I don't know if you heard, but they had to digitally remove Army Hammer's testicles from yeah, like what? in his shorts, in those like short shorts, those white oh, shorts. Really? Really. Um, they had to like remove his testicles because they were too big, of course. What poor bastard. Poor bastard. Um, That's so funny. But we're coming to the end, so I want to yeah. talk about the end of the movie. Let's what talk were about you? The end of the movie. What were your thoughts on that whole winter scene? Well, right before that, like, right when Elio gets back, like, from having said goodbye yeah. to, it's still the end of summer, but now it's, like, raining, it's, like, a summer storm, mm-hmm. and he's talking to his dad, and his dad says, you and Oliver had a very special friendship, perhaps more than that, and um, you were smart enough to know that that only happens so often in one's lifetime. Yeah. 
and you are feeling pain now and he says we rip up so much of ourselves to be cured of things faster Oof. oh and he's just like no you sh you need to like feel this thing mm -hmm. and like remember what this feels like because if you try and get rid of it you're going to get rid of the joy too yeah and it's just like i'm like welling up just thinking about it because it's just like so wise mm -hmm. and it's just such it's such it's the right thing for a father to say yep and like he's so understanding and you, i wouldn't imagine that it's like gonna be dad yeah. that gives him this you know yeah. because it really seems like because elio also asks his father he's like does mom know and this isn't the same scene I'm like of course she fucking does yeah. but he's like no i don't think so yeah and like uh, so you thought that like maybe mom was gonna be like listen i know that like you and oliver had this relationship i'm so sorry you're feeling this way oh i always thought it was gonna be dad you thought it was going to be yeah, bad? Yeah, I did personally, yeah. Mm. Um, he says to, um, our hearts and our bodies are given to us only once. Mm -hmm. And it's, oh, gosh, gosh. Yeah, so um, I didn't think it was going to be dad, but maybe because he was so, like, kind of removed or, like, silent and, like, a witness. And there is this also, well, I mean, it is through his father that he has yeah. this sort of the sexual talks, yeah. you know, like. Um, at the beginning of the movie, he says, I almost had sex with mm -hmm. Lady last night. Yeah. Um, and also, there's this sort of allusion to the fact that his father may not have had the chance to explore his sexuality yeah. when he was young. Yeah. And it's his father who brought this man here. Yeah. And there's this aspect, and there's sort of throughout, because, you know, there is there are plenty of moments when... Oliver and the father are doing their work mm -hmm. in quotation marks yeah. and I can sort of see the father also being in love with Oliver in a kind of way I get that. you know so that's sort of and also even though his relationship with his mother is great there is a touch of distance between well, them that I felt yeah yeah sorry I didn't mean to cut you off oh, that's that, no, that so. moment um when he's saying like oh I almost had sex with Marcia last night and then yeah. they're talking and then his mom's like what were you saying and his dad's just like nothing they're nothing. talking about this other thing over yeah. here we're gonna do this thing mm -hmm. so yeah I can definitely I can definitely see that and Frank Ocean famously said that that's the dad he wanted oh yeah mm -hmm. you should um as as RuPaul might say if you had a daddy that painted with or that colored with all the crayons in the crayon box this world would be a much better place. Right. <laughs> and so then after that, we jump forward. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're talking about the end. We're talking about the end. Um, we jump forward. It's winter. It's Hanukkah. Um, they're in the same house. I thought they only summered at that estate. Me too. Um, Me but too. I must but have... hey, maybe oh, for that Oh, they year. said they spent Christmas there. Yeah. They did say that. Um, so it's Hanukkah. And they're... God, we didn't talk about Judaism at all. But it's a little uh, late in the game. Yeah. It's fine. Jews. Yay. Um, and... <laughs> um, I well, what struck me most is like how much more um, uh, matured Elio has become. Perhaps it's the winter clothes versus the summer clothes. But God damn it, if I didn't love that outfit he was wearing. Well, that outfit, I will tell you, um, that shirt he's wearing mm -hmm. is a vintage Fendi print. That's oh, girl! Based on this print right here, oh. that Karl Lagerfeld hand drew in the eighties. Oh, damn it. Um, and I don't think it was even made in men's clothing. I knew it was so fashion. Yeah, it was definitely fashion. That's Ugh. a that's the black and white version of this print. It's amazing. Um, I want it. And uh, 
He has his hat mm-hmm. and his tucked in blouse. He looks like Ducky from Pretty in Pink. Yeah, he does. And like he suddenly is like this fashionable, like mm-hmm. like Italian club kid. Yeah. Um, and he has that phone call with Oliver where he discovers that Oliver is, is engaged to be married, but Oliver says he still remembers everything. And they call each other by their names. Um, and then the most heartbreaking scene is he just he hangs up the phone and he goes and stares at the fire for the entirety of the ending credits. And that's what's so beautiful. That's what I think could win him the Oscar. Because yeah. while this song by that dude, what's his name again? Sif John Stevens. Sif John Stevens is playing. The entire song is playing. He just stares into the fire and has this emotional reaction while his parents are setting up dinner behind him. And it's so good. And the movie ends with his mother going, Elio, come mm-hmm. on. What a, I think he like looks into our souls at some point. Oh, too. totally. I think he like definitely looks right at the camera. Totally. Um, he, what a great directorial decision, Ooh. right? Um, it's a really beautiful moment. What a good decision. Um, do you think that? Do you think that that's cruel, or do you think that that's lovely what? for Oliver to? be like I'm engaged but also I remember everything I think it's lovely because I think a lot of gay people have to deal with gaslighting Mm -hmm. and the only thing worse than having it end would be to have to pretend it never happened Mm -hmm. and Oliver is saying it did happen this is our lives now but I'm never going to forget that it happened Mm -hmm. and it was it's worth something so you should go see this movie everybody it's so it's so good i had two thumbs up highly recommend two thumbs up siskel and ebert say two thumbs up um it's really beautiful and especially you know the weather's changing summer's coming on you'll enjoy it go eat a peach go fuck a peach (laughs) all right we gotta get going people okay we love you thank you And we will see you in space.